Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are tuning in from. Thank you for joining me on another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. On today's podcast, I am joined by Ryan Helms, the co-founder of Legacy Podcasting. He is a new entrant into the world of entrepreneurship after quitting his six-figure day job in the corporate world on August 2019. In this episode, we'll dive into how he paid off over $200,000 in debt in 27 months through his side hustle that turned into a six-figure business in seven months. In this interview, we talk about how Ryan paid off his debt so quickly, the lifestyle that he has created for himself by creating a side hustle that has turned into a successful entrepreneurship venture and company, and how he continues to sustain his success and ultimately leave his day job. I'm excited for you guys to listen to this interview. Ryan is a wealth of knowledge. He gives away everything that he has. And at the end of the interview, he's going to give you his process for exactly how he paid off over $200,000 in debt in such a short period of time. So stick around. You're going to get that at the end of the interview. This is a great one to listen to, especially if you have any kind of debt in your life, whether it be student loans, credit card debt, mortgage debt, whatever it is that you are facing right now, Ryan's going to help you overcome that and also teach you how he has gone about generating a six-figure business. Let's get into the interview with Ryan. All right, guys, welcome back to another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. I'm here with Ryan Helms. He's going to be talking about how he created a side hustle, which is kind of, it's his full-time thing now that recently just happened this August. And before that, he had a full-time job and his the agency he was trying to grow, which is a podcast agency, we'll get into that a little bit, was kind of his second stream of income. It was what he was using to pay off all his debt. And it was uh, that thing that he was looking to grow so that one, you know, he didn't have any more debt, but two, he could step out of his current position. And now he is full-time doing what he wants to be doing. So I'm super excited uh, to introduce him and, and allow him to share how that worked. Cause I know a lot of you guys are doing similar stuff. So Ryan, welcome to the show, man. What's up, Cam, man. I really appreciate the intro. Appreciate you having me here. Hopefully I can uh, give a little bit of value. Cause I know uh, a lot of your listeners are probably ahead of where I'm at, but a lot of people are probably looking to, to get where I'm at now saying that humbly. Uh, and I hope to share some insights that will kind of hopefully speed up that process for people. Because like, like you said, at the time of recording this, it was only like two months ago, I was working my day job and, you know, thankfully was able to make that transition out. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I, I'm curious. And I kind of want to just take like a, a journey up the mountain, if you will, to today, uh, October 8th, we're, we're recording this. Let's talk about where you were before you decided to create a side hustle. And then we'll just walk up the steps to, to what's going on right yeah. now. So, so walk me through kind of how that worked. What, what was going on before you even decided to, to create a second stream of income? Yeah. So I live in Atlanta, Georgia right now. And before that I lived a place called Augusta, Georgia, about two and a half hours from here. And I was living there, had some really cool friends, but they were all like super, you know, complacent with where they were at in life. You know, you've heard it a hundred times, like you need to surround yourself with people that are 
where you want to be. So I was like, I, I, re- I really believe that. So I was like, man, I got to get out of Augusta, Georgia. Like I was born here, grew up here, got to get out. So I was started looking for jobs like all over the world. Like I was not in like a figure out how to be an entrepreneur. I was just like figure out how to get the hell out of Augusta, Georgia and do something else. Uh, so moved not too far away, ended up landing a pretty good uh, career job in Atlanta, moved up here. I was there for about... I guess at this point I was there for about two years and I was like busting my ass, like working like 14, 16 hour days. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't know really what burnout is, but I feel like if I don't slow down, that may come because I feel like burnout is a lot easier in a career job than it is in like a entrepreneurship thing. Cause entrepreneurship, like the more you work and the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. But like, if you're like salary job, like the more you put in, like nothing changes, like you get the same amount out of it. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to take all two weeks of vacation that I'm allowed in this job for a whole year. And I booked a one-way or not a one-way, but I booked a round trip solo ticket to uh, Nairobi, Kenya. And so I didn't know what I was going to do there. I just found a really good deal, like browsing Google flights one Friday night. And so I booked it and I went out there by myself, went on a safari in Nairobi but kind of all the magic happened when I went to a little island called Zanzibar. And when I was there, I, I met a bunch of like cool people traveling the world, like do, through a, all different means, right? Not all of them were like entrepreneurs. Some of them were like had a house and a car and corporate jobs and all that kind of stuff. And they sold it all and were traveling. People were there in just a lot of different manners. But I was like, man, they're traveling the world long term. And I sat there and I thought to myself, like, I don't know if that's what I want to do, like travel the world in a long-term manner. But I was like, I want to be able to make the choice on whether I want to do that or not. I want that to be like an option that if I do it, let's do it. Like there's nothing holding me back. So for me, the first like slap in the face, like come back to reality, Ryan, was like I'm on a plane back to the U.S. And I was like, all right, like what, what does it look like to put a plan in place to be able to make that decision? And for me, like the the glaring thing was like, oh man, you've got over $200,000 in debt. Like when I looked at everything that uh, I owed other people, right? Because some people are like, they don't consider like a mortgage and stuff like that part of debt. I did because it wasn't mine and somebody else was asking for money for it. Uh, so I, I looked at like the student loans I had, like I looked at my mortgage. Luckily I've been like paying on my mortgage kind of aggressively and it wasn't like that big. And I didn't take out a huge mortgage anyway. So I had my student loans, I had my car payment, I had uh, credit cards, I had my mortgage. So I was like, man, that's like a huge mountain, right? Super intimidating when you're like stepping back and looking at it. But I knew like for me, I'm a very risk adverse person. Like if I wanted to like pursue this and go travel or whatever the heck I decided to do, I knew I needed to like be out of debt because that would allow me to make more like quote unquote risky decisions and not have to be so scared because again, I'm risk adverse on whether it would work out or not work out. So I got back to the U.S. This was like December of 2016. Yeah, December 2016 is when I got back. So just call it 2017 is when I was like, all right, let's figure this thing out. So spend the first year figuring that out. Uh, Started like a little fitness business that you know, did a little bit of money, but nothing substantial. Uh, launched a product on Kickstarter, raised like 15000 with that, built a blog around that, built a podcast around that, uh, did little things like that. But I just like kept going through the journey. Like 
nothing was like big hits for me, like financially. Like I still had my game plan to like pay off my debt and stuff. And I was on that plan. But I was like, like I can look at, it's super easy. Like when you, and we can get into this, but like when you have debt, it's super easy to like do the math on that and figure exactly how long it's going to take you to do that. But when I did that math right at the beginning of 2017, I was like, whoa, that's way too long. Like, there's no way like I can wait that long. So this whole like 2017, 2018, it was all like, what is going to help me like really fast track that process and, you know, tried a bunch of different things, didn't have a lot of success with certain things. And ultimately starting this podcast agency that you, you mentioned in the beginning, like that really took off for us. And that got me over to the last bit of hurdle. And, you know, I closed out in 27 months, right around $209,000 paid off in debt. And I finished that in uh, June of this year, which, like I said, freed up my ability to take some risk. And I, I quit my job, which was a six-figure day job to kind of go into this full-time. And, you know, that that was kind of my journey from literally nothing to trying to figure out how to pay off my debt and through that process, trying to figure out how to start a business and then starting a business that gain some success. Wow. Okay. Awesome. There, there's a lot of things to unpack here. A lot of, a lot of things I want to talk about because one thing I want to point out too that really caught my attention was the fact that you were trying so many different things and then you finally found that one thing that's like, okay, this is going to help me expedite the process and I'm going to be able to do this quicker than I thought I was going to be able to. I think I kind of want to just want you to get into like the strategies you were using to do that. And I think that will kind of unpack all the other questions that I have. So you had 27 months to pay off over $200,000 in debt. You, you foresaw having a second stream of income that was going to help you do that. What else were you doing with your finances, with your business that was kind of pushing you forward quicker than you thought? Yeah. So I think the first piece of it, because if you look at, at its most simple sense, like paying off debt is so, so basic right? How, how much are you bringing in? Right. And how, how much can you put out? Right. So you, you want your, your output, meaning all the debt, all the bills you have to be as low as possible so that that income that you're bringing in, there's a lot of it left over that you can throw at this other stuff. So like, how do you get like your, what I'll call like your monthly bills as low as possible. So I got rid of like everything that wasn't like pertinent to me. I found like, what's the cheapest like cell phone plan I can get on? Like, don't need cable anymore. That shit's gone. Like all that kind of stuff. Like how, like, how can I got rid of my car? So I had like, I kind of miss it. I'm not going to lie, but I don't miss it. I had a, uh, I think it was a 2017 Nissan 370Z. So a nice little two-door sports car. Uh, And I I loved it, but it also like, it, it was a $573 a month car payment. Uh, it took premium gas and I had like a 20 mile commute. So let's just call that another like 150, 200 bucks a month. Insurance was like $280 a month. So it was like a thousand bucks a month just in that, right? So I felt cool, but that's about all I got out of that thousand dollars a month. So got rid of that, traded that in, actually owed $4,000 on that when I, I just wanted to get rid of it. Like I gave them the car and 4,000. I paid them to take the car back from me. Like, just take the car and I'll just give you 4K just because I, I like what you wore today. I don't know. So, gave them the money back. And then I went and bought a 2012 four-door Honda Civic and bought it 
cash, like I, through this process, like I'd been saving up some cash as well. So I had, I think I bought it for like 12 K I could have like took out a loan, but I was like, I just want to pay for it. I don't want any more bills. So I bought that. So that bam, I just freed up a ton of money there. Just freed up a thousand bucks a month, got rid of cable, got rid of a, like a cheaper cell phone. I think I cut my cell phone bill in half, uh, just paid off my credit cards, like a bunch of stuff like that. Like I just started like getting rid of anything that I absolutely like, didn't need found like got on like reddit and figured out what are some cheap ways to like cut your uh like your food bill your food bill your monthly like grocery bill and there's a lot of ways that like you know cooking cooking in a crock pot like doing all this kind of stuff there's ways to like still eat like a normal human being and do things uh but substantially cut your bill so there's some good subreddits on like uh personal finance and eating uh, eating frugal and things like that, that really helped me like cut my uh, food bill. Cause that's for a lot of people, that's a really big expense. People are spending, you know, 600 to a thousand dollars a month, like eating food when I cut it down to like 150 bucks a month. So like things like that were a big impact as well. And uh, yeah, so I like the first thing I did was just like, look at, look at everything. And this is what I tell everybody, look at a big picture of everything that you're spending and try to cut everything that you humanly can. And that was kind of my first approach to kind of lining up my future success of paying off the debt. And like I said, once you do that, then the math gets super simple. Once you have everything as low as possible, then it's like, how do I increase my income? Right. That's the only other factor in this whole, like the puzzle is pretty simple right? Once you get your bills down, the only other factor is how do you increase your income? And that's where the whole like building a business came in. And also like still trying to do really good at my day job. Like I actually got like two promotions through this whole process of, of uh, starting my business on the side and paying off all this debt. Like, so I was really focused on still executing at a high level in my day job because that's what was paying the bills. That's where wasn't making a ton of money in my side hustles at this point. Definitely not as much as I was making in my day job. So like, why would I neglect that even though it's not where I want to be long-term? So I really focused on that, got some promotions, got some raises, really helped me increase that income that I had. And then when I started getting some success with the side hustle, like that just amplified things. So like that, like my whole focus was get the bills down, increase income in the story. Like no magic to it. That's that was my sole goal. Was how do I decrease the bills and increase things? Ah, oh, I love that so much, and I love the fact that you brought up your day job was paying your bills. Yeah, like you you don't overcomplicate things. It was very simple: increase income, decrease expenses, which is kind of like life in general. Yeah, but I think a big misconception, especially with you know the concept of this podcast and the people who listen to it, is if you're looking to quit your day job or increase your income. And the only way you foresee that happening is if you get a new job or you become an entrepreneur and you hit something big, strike gold. If you're looking to create a side hustle, like Ryan did, you're looking to generate a second stream of income. You don't have to give up your first stream of income to create that second stream. Ryan is a a perfect example of this. He had his day job. It was paying his bills, but in his spare time, he was figuring out how he could create another stream of income, decrease his expenses, and really just create a whole new reality for himself. So I love the fact that you brought that up. So talk to me about your now side hustle, which is now your full-time thing, right? Which was your ultimate goal. 
you're now at a place where you could say goodbye to the first stream of income and introduce the second stream as your mainstream. Yeah. So at that point, you know, I did, the debt was all paid off. And like I mentioned, like you can take a lot more risk when there's a lot less to up for grabs, right? So if if I jumped into, let's just worst case scenario, right? I jumped into this now full-time gig, right? It was not a side hustle anymore. But if I jump into it, and it does nothing. Like all I have to do is figure out is how the hell do I make enough money to buy rice and beans? Like that's my worst case scenario. Like I don't need like, everything else is paid for. So like for me, this isn't for everybody. Like there's some people that I'm sure much more, uh, have a much higher risk tolerance than I do, but like, man, that shit scares me. It would give me way too much stress and I wouldn't be able to like perform well. So like I tried to be very self aware of that in some ways you could call it like, uh, like a hindrance for myself. Like I, but I'm self-aware. So I try to like maneuver around my, my, uh, being risk adverse. So I I took that. I realized that this is, this is me, this is who I am. So I need to set myself up for success around that. So I just had, you know, everything paid off, went into this full time and, you know, making that pivot, quitting the job was, it was crazy. Like I'd been in corporate America at that point, like almost 10 years. So like, I, that's all I knew, man. I did like, dude, so I'm, I'm 30, I think I'm 32 now. I'm not sure. So I think I'm 32. But so I like I'd been in this like 10 years almost. And I had I didn't even know what like this sounds weird, but I really didn't even know like what an entrepreneur was when I was like 28 years old. Like I did because I didn't know anybody. At least I didn't know anybody that identified as an entrepreneur. Like I knew people that own businesses, but it ne- I never thought about it as that person is an entrepreneur. I don't, I guess I just assume that like the business fell in their lap. I don't know what the hell I thought, but I just like, that's not where I came from. I didn't grow up around it. Like, so me going into this was like a crazy thing to think like you can set your own future. So we, we created this agency and like we said, we were building it all up for the first, you know, six months on the side and then making that transition over to it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just been wild, dude. Like the relationships that we've developed, the like just the the ability to step back and like create something from scratch is amazing but it's also made me realize that i don't think everybody is built for this like when i i when i look at like what i'm doing on a day-to-day basis and like the decisions we're making and the, the people we're serving and the people we're hiring and the team we're building i'm like dude i know a lot of my friends like there's no like not saying i'm better than them but i just know there's no way in hell that they would, they might be able to do it, but I know there's no way in hell they would want to do it. It may seem cool, but to like get in and like live in the trenches and actually build a business, it's not like sunshine and roses. Like some people that are trying to sell you an online course may make it sound like, like it's tough, man. Like there's no, there's no, uh, no other way to put it. It's like a lot of work. And like, that's been a big realization for me kind of going through this process is like, Building an actual business is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of responsibility, especially when you start hiring people and you're responsible for the income that feeds their family. Like to me, that was like mind blown. Wait, you mean like if this doesn't work out, you can't feed your two kids? Like, and like and to me, I, I was talking with somebody about this the other day. It was like such a cool feeling. 
to know that like we're building something that supports other people's families. But at the same time, it's like scary as crap. It's like, man, like we got to do this because there's people like riding on us now. You know what I mean? I 100% know what you mean. We just brought on a new team member who has a little boy and same thoughts ran through my head, man. Like, huh. Every time I feel like I'm slipping or I'm, you know, being lazy or not putting in as much effort as I know I can, I think of her and her son because me, I don't have those responsibilities. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't, you know, have rent to pay, but you know, that that's a huge responsibility. And I a hundred percent know what you mean. So that, again, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up because another, another really important lesson for people who, you know, think that becoming an entrepreneur quote unquote is the way to build that wealth that they're looking for or create the lifestyle that they're looking for. It doesn't always have to be that way. And you're probably going to find out that it's something that you don't even want to do in the first place. So real quick, before we get into uh, kind of the rapid fire round where we get to know you a little bit better, more than we already have gotten the, the opportunity to, what do you think has been kind of, what, what was that like pivot point from the mild success that your agency had to now you have the ability to leave your full-time job and go full-time in this. Yeah. So I look at it, there's like two key pillars. And the first one is what I would hundred percent like recommend people focus on in the beginning and it's relationships. Like having developing relationships is 100% the sole reason why our agency is where it's at right now. Like the success that we're having is it's all based on the people who know, like, and trust us. We've, we haven't run any ads. We haven't done anything like that. It's all been referrals. It's, and the crazy thing is like a lot of people that recommend us have no idea what the hell we do. They just know, they just like us as people. And they know that we, they, I don't even think they've seen any of the work we do. They just know some of the people we work with and it's like, okay, by association, they wouldn't be working with that person if they didn't do good work. And I know that, I know him, I know he's a good person. So I'm going to recommend them just based on, because I know him and he's working with that person. So I'm going to put the dots together and say they must do good work. So like we've had a lot of recommendations from people that don't know what we do. We've also like had tons of our clients recommend stuff to us. And that's kind of the other pillar that I, I look at is uh, client satisfaction. And, and like, that's a, that's something that is one of our core tenants is like client experience. Are they having a good experience working with us going through our process? So when we bring somebody on and we launch their podcast, we have a hundred percent conversion rate into them going on to a monthly retainer. Like we, we've got over 20 clients now that we're serving on a monthly basis and every single one of them has came in through a launch process and turned over to a monthly retainer. So a big piece of that is client experience. And it becomes a lot easier though, when you have those relationships that you've built up front, right? So when you, when you start working with somebody, they're not a cold lead. Like they already know who you are. They already like you as a person, man, it makes the sale so much easier. It just makes the whole process so much easier. So I would say like focus on, relationships and then focus on your client experience. And then literally, I believe everything else will just happen. Like if you're out there, like, you know, making friends, like serving people, helping them out, being authentic, and then you provide a good experience to those people that do come in, everything else is like, 
just chalk it up as a win. Like if you can do those things, you got it. I love that. And one of the best ways to create relationships is this medium right here. You and I are hopping on a Zoom call right now talking about this stuff. So it's it's amazing. And before that, you know, it was kind of just a few messages back and forth. But now we've had a conversation. We've got to feel each other's energy a little bit. And who knows what's going to happen from here. But guys, you've heard this in many other episodes. Start a podcast. <laughs> just start a yeah. podcast, have conversations. And really, it's just a great way to, to share your, your knowledge as well. So Ryan, you know, before we hop off here, I, I just have a few questions for you. The first one is, what is one non-negotiable habit you implement every day? So I'll, I'll give you maybe two. So one of them is like on Slack, our whole team, we do a stand up every single day. So answering that stand up every single day. So everyone is on the same page with what I'm working on and what help I need from them. So that's a habit from like the business perspective that I do. The other habit is doing something what's called the morning formula. So I got this from uh, Taylor Welch and Chris Evans that run Traffic and Funnels. Uh, so they do something, they have a product or I don't even know if you would call it a product, but it's called the morning formula. So it's basically like a, a huge like vision map that you kind of review every morning to, to really position where you want to be at in the short term and in the long term. So those are two things that for sure I do every single day. Love it. What's been the best book you've read so far this year? The best book. So I'm, I'm going to uh, maybe say something different than a lot of people. So I like some like random books. So there's one called Homo Deus where, it, have you heard of it? Yeah. So I, I yeah, really actually like, it just came in the mail. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. So uh, yeah, I finished that one. Uh, the one before that sapiens was amazing as well. And then uh, psycho cybernetics is another one that I've really enjoyed uh, this year. What do you like to spend your time and money on outside of business? Time and money. So right now I would say probably time, just spending time with my wife. Like you're building a business. It takes up a lot of your time a whole lot, especially in the beginning stages, right? It's before you build out a, a team and everybody has their roles. Like, so I spend time with my wife and spend my money. Uh, I actually don't spend a lot of money, man. I got like super minimalized throughout this whole process, right? We talked about decreasing expenses. I fully embodied that stuff. So like, I rarely buy anything. Like it's, if I do, like last thing I bought was like this computer and it makes me money. So I don't really look at that as an expense. <laughs> Last question for you. What's some software that you use in your company that you could not live without? Oh man, so much. I mean, I can just wrap some off. Uh, Slack, 100% could not live or, or could not run our business without it. We communicate 100% on Slack. Trello runs our entire agency. Uh, it's, I don't understand why it's free. We actually have the paid version of it now, but Trello, once you actually know the power of it, a lot of people don't use it appropriately, but amazing. Um, all the Adobe suite could not use without it. Uh, Zapier or Zapier, however you want to say it, could not live without that. We have so much automation built up in, in the back end through, uh, through Zapier that it's just amazing. Um, Zoom, like we're using right now. The man, there's just so many tools. And this is what I was saying. Like, it can get so easy to just start paying for all these things. And then, your expenses get super bloated, uh, but there's a lot of them. And we use one. So I mentioned the daily standup is like a habit that we use every single day for our team. Uh, so we use one called Stand Up Alice. It's a bot in Slack and it just sends us a message every single day. And it asks three questions. Uh, how do you feel today on a scale of one to three, right? So one, two or three, I think about it as bad, okay, and good. 
then it asks, uh, why do you feel that way? What are you working on today? And what do you need help with? So those are the questions that it asks. And it asks everybody on the team that every day. We answer it. We immediately know where everybody is. So that's a pretty important one as well. While we wrap up here, why don't you go ahead and inform the listeners where they can find you, how they can get involved with possibly, you know, once they start their podcast that I've been pushing them to do, possibly <laughs> hire you and then be involved in your community and just the knowledge you guys are always sharing. Yeah. So pro- I mean, if you're actually interested in starting a podcast, probably the easiest thing would be depending on, all right. So there's two things you need to figure out. If you want to do like all the work and you like reading, you can go check out our ultimate guide. You can find that at legacypodcasting.com. It's like a 175 page book. So that's why I said, if you actually like reading through things, if you want to kind of fast track that a little bit and do the video version of it, you can go to podcastlaunchchallenge.com. That's kind of where we've got our 21 day podcast launch challenge. It'll just walk you through the process in a much more um, guided approach than having to like read a manual on how to do it. So those are the two ways. And then, uh, or we got a Facebook group called Podcast Success Secret. So you could check us out there and chat about podcasting, all that good stuff. Love it. And you guys just launched that 21 day challenge, right? That's pretty, yeah, so, it's pretty new. Yeah, we actually, we took uh, an approach where we put out a beta version of it first to like get people's feedback. So we actually launched that in May. The first time we sold it for $1,000 to 10 people and that sold out in like 12 hours. So we did that. And then we refined that by getting feedback from those people. And then we relaunched it to another small group at a much lower ticket. Uh, and then we actually relaunched it again in August. And then we'll probably relaunch it again here soon. Like constantly refining, listening to the market. Like what are they telling us? Where are things going? Uh, we're actually going to pull probably pull some content out of that because I think people are getting like we put too much value in it and people are getting like value overload. So uh, you better grab it quick if you want the value because we're actually not just saying that for scarcity. We're probably going to strip some out uh, because I think there's like people can get overwhelmed when you provide too much stuff to them. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, guys. Why we'll put that all in the show notes on our blog. You'll be able to see it uh, on iTunes in the description and you'll be able to uh, link directly to those things. So Ryan, I appreciate your time. I appreciate being on here providing all your wisdom. Do you have any last words of advice for the people listening? No, I mean, I guess depending on where you're at in your journey, I'll just assume if you're listening to this, you might, like most Americans, you probably, if you're from America, (laughs) you have some sort of debt or something like that in your life. I would just say like, if you really want to uh, live what I would call like a free life, if you want to have financial freedom, you really need to evaluate like, what is your true goal in life? What do you want to get? And is having debt going to prevent you from being there? Are you risk adverse like me? And if you are, then you probably should get like, figure out an actual plan to pay off that debt. And if you want to shoot me an email, uh, Ryan at legacypodcasting.com. Like I had a spreadsheet that I used to to really like map all that. Did I share it with you, Cam? Yeah. You did. Yeah. You just sent it over to me. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody wants that, I'll share that with you. I had a chart that I hung on my door that I like tracked all the debt and like the chart fills up as you go through. So like if anybody's interested in that, just shoot me an email. I'm more than happy to provide it to you. Just like if this is what you want to do, figure out a plan and just execute on it. All it does is take discipline. If you have discipline, you can pay off as much debt as you want. It's not, it's not complicated. Love it. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. Ryan, again, thanks so much for your time and be on the show today. Appreciate it, Cam. Peace, man. Cheers, guys. 
You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it. 